The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, and today we are going to talk all about Happy Tail, mm-hmm. a topic near and dear to my heart. It's I was, actually the bane of my existence, Happy Tail. I was say I was participating in No Smoke November. <laughs> and here's the second November, and Wednesday. I- yeah, I lasted about four days. That's okay. Scotty doesn't smoke all winter because it's too cold, only when he comes here. So Got to get the cigars fine. in before the cold. All right. First, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Hang on. Thanks, lovey. So uh, my quirky tip today is this company that I've liked for a while. Um, they're called Earth Heart, and I specifically am going to promote the canine calm spray and the travel calm spray. Um, the, all of their essential oils, people get very worried about where they're sourced. So per their website... Um, Earthheart sources ingredients from distributors who have personal relationships with growers and distillers who responsibly harvest plants. Um, they're safe for puppies 10 weeks and older. And I actually found that I have a few roll-ons left, very select few. So if you want to see what the scent is like before you order a spray from them, uh, the first three people to write me at studio at the within the U.S., I'll ship that out to you for free as a little holiday fun. So Earthheart uh, for their Canine Calm, Travel Calm line. Love all of it. That's that my quirky sp- tip today. Sometimes you spray that on your pillow, don't you? Uh, yeah, I spray this on the dog's bedding a lot. And then they actually have one that goes through the diffusers. We used to sell the whole little bottle on um, Canine Healing. But yeah, I spray this in bedding. I just really like the scent of this. And all my quirky tips so far have been for dog lovers. But this is really one that you could like do as a stocking stuffer for your dog. So we're okay. following along with the holiday fun. Let's talk happy tail. Well, we have a dog at home. <laughs> Who's who, very happy. <laughs> his tail is always going 100 miles an hour. And on top of that, he does some occasional spinning in the crate. And yeah. that's really what tends to damage the tip of his tail. Yeah. So let's just kind of flush out what happy tail is to begin with. So happy tail is, it's called happy tail syndrome, actually. And per the internet here, um, dogs with uh, usually large breeds with powerful skinny tails um, are more prone to this condition. So it's often seen in pit bulls, shepherds, Cousteau happens to be a Malinois, um, kind of a different variation of a shepherd, Great Danes, Greyhounds. Um, However, it can happen in any breed. It's basically a breed that gets overexcited, crazy with the wagging. When we had uh, Badia on for our kids and dogs episode years ago, she has a little Labradoodle named Fenway. Fenway actually had developed happy tail at their house. And the way that they remedied that was Fenway didn't live in a crate. And, you know, she's a Labradoodle. It can happen with any dog. Typically, the issue with it is it's very hard, especially if you need to keep the dog contained, to keep the dog from wagging because they're a happy dog and this is just what they want to do and they keep re-injuring the tail. So the vets will often suggest to amputate, at least partially amputate the tail to save the wound from reopening because it can get pretty ugly and then the dog can kind of have an affinity towards the tip of the tail and make it worse. And it's a whole to do. So we've been dealing with this personally for over three years now, because we started doing it when we were in the facility. Cousteau, one day after bite work, he was like sitting on a table, wagging his tail against the wall. And I saw like a drop of blood on the wall. And I thought, oh my gosh, what was that? And his hair was still all on his tail. So I didn't really realize, but we've been on the journey 
We've come up with a lot of trial and error situations because Cousteau is not like normal dogs. And we're going to dedicate today's podcast all to happy tail syndrome. And I will say that it has not been a chronic, continuous no, problem for three years. No, we fixed it multiple times. We fixed it. It was yeah. better. It would be good for months. And then he would do something and injure the very tip of that tail. And the problem is with that very active dog, it's hard to get that injury to heal up as small as it may be. It just keeps getting beaten on this and that and the other thing. and It just doesn't heal. He's not like normal dogs either. So were you familiar with happy tail before this happened with Cousteau? Um, I never called it happy tail, but uh, I, yes, I was aware of more than a few dogs, typically working dogs that would injure their tail and could not get them healed up. And I know of a few dogs that had the tails amputated. Yeah. So I personally had not really run into this in my life before. Um, and it's just a very common term when the vets see it. They're just used to seeing it. So, Chrissy, if you could just pull up the tail photo. This is the original trilogy of the tail with Cousteau. So it's when it was really bad um, while it was healing and when it was finished. And this was all accomplished over three years ago at Fenaris. So first what happens is like those little uh, like areas that have marks would actually get like bloody and like open. And then that black stuff is kind of like a protective coating that goes over that. I just want to preface this photo is... It's like a callus on the yes, tail. Yes, yes. So it wasn't bleeding, but it was calloused. And because it was callous, the hair wouldn't grow. So that's why yeah. we started treating the callus because we're nuts and we want his tail to be perfect. <laughs> well, we're not nuts, but we do. We, I don't want a dog and I don't want him to get to get re-injured or everything else. So at this time, when that first photo had popped up, we... We're living at our dog training facility. I think it was probably the same sonomer. Scott had herniated his disc. There was a lot going on. So I just attributed it to there's a lot of dogs passing his crate. He's in a crate against the wall. We tried to let him sleep loose in the facility overnight um, to try to have more time out, everything else. And he's just, he's more prone to anxiety than some other dogs. He didn't do well loose. He would kind of mosey around throughout the night and then he would sometimes even mark in the morning. So he wasn't. He might chew on something. Yeah, he just just wasn't a great candidate, even in a dog training facility, living loose in a room. So if you yourself are dealing with happy tail, any vet would say, put a cone on the dog and uh, treat the dog's tail with some sort of treatment, whatever they think looks best for the tail. Vet wrap the tail. You don't want to do it too tight. You don't want to have any circulation issues, everything else. That's the go-to for happy tail, right? So of course, that's what Jess does. I have cones. I have all these things. So Chrissy, if you want to pull up the cone photo... This was about two minutes after I had implemented my whole strategy there. Cousteau had totally crashed the cone. It was laying in the floor of his crate, and the vet wrap was off of his tail. He so, likes to chew cones. It's kind of like potato chips. He's a destroyer. So, yes, this is a Malinois, but the thing about our journey with Happy Tail with Cousteau is we have more um, things to give you as far as tools than what maybe some medical professionals would even deal with because we've done a lot of different things. So that method didn't work. Then there was this product called Dog Ends. Did you get that photo through text or no? Okay, no big deal. So my vet actually told me about this and it's um, like a system that they make specifically for this issue with tail injuries. You put the tail through, you get this mesh on the end of the tail, everything It's kind of like a reverse Kotex. A tampon. Slightly. Reverse tampon. <laughs> Co-text. <laughs> Whatever you call these things. Co-texting. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the the dog tails situation, we, we put it on. All right, I'm going to try this out, see what it's like. With it. Of course, I can't have a cone because he destroys cones, potato chips cones. He's a very strong dog. And he just ripped that off within, you know, two minutes there. So I think he just wagged his tail and it went flying across the room or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just... 
he, he's just different. And the other thing too, is that I'm not going to be putting vet wrap on. He's normally not a dog to ingest things. He'll normally just destroy things, shred things, everything else. But I don't want to have a tail injury. And now this leads to some sort of obstruction, right? So we have a method. We'll show you the method because we just re-upped this whole situation last night. And the thing is, once I start treating happy tail, we commit to it, right? Like we, every day it is an hour or two of our life until it's better. And then when it gets better, great. So we got it better in the facility with the same method that I'll show you in a little bit. Um, but then I want to tell you guys our next move once it was healed was a soft crate. Makes perfect sense, right? This dog has to be contained. There's going to be no metal that he's hitting. We thought, well, maybe the bars are making it worse in a metal crate. Maybe the holes of the Roughland kennel are making it worse. Soft crate. So we ordered them a Nas to Nas or whatever the soft crates are, the green ones that I love. Extra large. Worked great for, I don't know, how long would you say? Three months at least. Maybe longer. Yeah. So um, we're in, you know, we moved to Maine. We have the soft crate. I'm feeling so good about the soft crate. His tail's looking great. Even if he wants to spin in his crate, it's not getting injured. Then he got out of the soft crate. He he scratched at the little screen door and... Made a little hole in it, mm-hmm. and then he said, "Oh, and that was, I could actually get out of here." And that was a little taste of freedom. So I did go and buy a second additional soft crate. He got out of that one much, much quicker. And I honestly, I got to tell you, this was like the first two months we were living in Maine. Um, I think you were crying. Tail, at that I did. Point. Yeah, I, I literally, I went outside. I was cutting his nails, and I came back in. I was sitting on the floor crying. And Scott walked <clears> into the <throat> kitchen. He's like, "What's wrong?" Like. Did he go after you when you did his nails? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just don't know how to live with him. And I don't know about his tail. I was just very upset. Normally, she's crying about me. Now it's the dog. <laughs> I don't cry that frequently. Um, so this was our way to fix it. This was going to be great. And then we stopped. So um, in Maine, what we have recently implemented, which has gone really, really well for us at first, is a huge, big, great Dane crate. We had clients, um, you know, get, gift us this crate. And we're like, all right, we're going to try this out. And that has been a game changer for us because it's been a very big crate for a Malinois who's 70 pounds, but he looks almost like a little puppy in this big, large crate. But the issue now is that it was against the wall. Jess was trying to save space in his room and it was against the wall. So we have moved it away from the wall and we are back to treating Happy Tail. Do you have anything to talk about with the journey that I missed? Uh, No, other than you have to be extremely committed to getting your dog's tail fixed if you have a dog (laughs) like this. Most people would have cut the tail off probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. That was the first thing the vet said when we showed him the tail. Uh, The vet said, you're not going to be able to fix this. And most people wind up having to just dock the tail. And that was like Jess's challenge. We're not docking this dog's tail. Oh, no, well, we're going to fix this. And then we were sending photos to the vet. Look, yeah, it's all look, fixed. Yeah, look, I did it. Yeah, like everything's great. But now we're like literally over three years in this journey and we're re-upping it again. So the product that I always like to use, it is a prescription product. I think I pronounce it silver sulfadiazine and I get this 1% cream. Um, so we're going to show a video here in just a second. Um, and we'll just show that instead of break because this is what the whole podcast is about. So we'll just do the happy tail video for break. But this product is the product that I am putting on him. Again, it is a prescription product. I get it sent into Walgreens to my vet, but um, some vets carry even a bigger tube of it and everything else. But this is the go-to even for me, if it's just, you know, a baseline skin injury or if that black comes over. Over it and that's what we do. So we use that vet wrap and duct tape. And for an hour, he's out. He gets a lot of special attention. I wash it with antibacterial soap before I apply and after. So the cream all comes off. So Chrissy, mm-hmm. if you could play that video for us, we're going to do that instead of break today. Give her just a second. 
And what this product does is it softens up the callus so that the hair can grow back. That's the whole point of this uh, medicine that we put yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. This is last night in Maine at our house. Okay. Here, give me his wish. Good boy. Better get it all cleaned up. Okay. Antibacterial soap. Nice and clean. Oh. You're okay. I know. Good. Got him sitting against the wall. I'm holding the leash. Everything all prepared, and there's where we have Happy Tail because he's a happy dog. So I'm going to put this cream on it. It's just a lot of places. Happy dogs, so we try to not have the wagging. Too much positive reinforcement. Yeah, too much something. Stay. Stay. Good boy, stay. Not the first Medical grade duct tape. We're just using some duct tape. I fast forward just to save time here. I'm not skipping anything, and I just kissed him there. <laughs> All right, now he sits like that for at least an hour or two. This is the process. And also, what we've done here to minimize the tail banging is we have him in a crate here, which is big enough for a small... Pony. Like magic. This. Good boy. And only, only a few hairs only lost. 400 more treatments to go. Uh, I won't that many. It's okay, stay. I know I did a little too much on that side. It's okay. Alright, and that goes in the trash. Feet out. Great. Tail was in. Back. And then we washed it all off. No more silvanine. Good boy. Nice and dry. Good boy, buddy. All right, all done. That's it. Piece of cake. Let's go. So that's our life. So we will be doing that now from tonight until probably the end of the year. And then his tail will have all full hair again and it will be pretty much healed. And then hopefully now with that crate moved away from the wall, we're all set. But this dog has literally like had us jumping through hoop upon hoop upon hoop. And side notes about that video for anyone that has to follow that process. Normally I warm up the bath water. I wanted to get going because Scott was videoing and I didn't want to make that video so super long. So it was cold water. And then when you do the strips of duct tape to tape the actual, you know, vet wrap to him and to keep it on him while he's doing the treddy or on a bed or, you know, whatever he's doing. Scott, I think you've even played ball before with him with his tail wrapped. Yeah. I mean, he, we just tried, I don't know. 
I don't know. I just want to keep him we just distracted want it to be, from it. We want it to be functional that it won't come off. Well, but he, he could be on his bed chewing on a marrow bone for an hour easily yeah. and not mess with his yeah, tail. But um, those strips of duct tape, make sure they're nice and thin because then when I was removing the one, the one on the back actually pulls out some hair farther up. He's pretty tolerant of me and all of our nonsense. This is not his first rodeo doing this. You can see he's very used to, I'm at my wall, I'm in my tub, I'm doing my stuff, but this is how we fix it. So it will go from... You know, it doesn't look quite as black as that first picture that we showed from a few years ago, but it definitely needs to be treated. And for the hair to grow back, if we don't treat this, it's not going to happen. And now it's going to be winter. He's going to be cold. And I don't want him spinning around and blood flying around. That's not how I like to live with dogs. So that is our personal experience with Happy Tail. And it has been a long journey. Again, almost the bane of my existence. But um, we're back on. We're committing to it. And we will be doing that every night. And it's a good hour or two that he gets of attention because this cream needs to soak into him and actually heal and he needs time to deal with it. He's never actually chewed the tail. No. He's just doing this from just banging spinning it and banging and being a mouth. He's he's a high drive Malinois. He likes to say, hey, all the dogs are going out. I hear them. And he's zoom, 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 like NASCAR. And the hunting labs can be like that too. Yeah, They're just any, uh, slamming that tail all over the place and all the, the time. the pitties get it a lot. Any dog that's really high drive that can be really happy. And I was doing some research on this last night. There's actually a dog tail saver product now that they make. Um, it's a company, I think, out of Illinois. And it's kind of like a, a wrap that's on the tail, like kind of like you would a big put like sock, big yeah, sleeve. like you would put like your bow if you're like a string instrument player or something like that, kind of like sleeve of stuff. And then it's like clipped all over the body. Cousteau would friggin' rip that off and have a field day with you know disassembling that. But if you have a dog that you know even living loose, because some dogs that can live loose, they have all the freedom of the house. Still, when you walk in, they're right in that entryway and they're just banging against the wall and they're re-injuring the tail. You know, you have multiple kids coming home. Every kid, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see you! I'm so excited to see you!" So this is not something that just we, the Williams, are dealing with, but we definitely have a lot of experience on this issue. And if you guys have any other ideas that I have missed, like for sure, like write me at studio at thequirkydog.com because I really, we, we have, this has been an all encompassing medical issue for us and he's fine. There's no issue. He never needs antibiotics, but from an aesthetic point, I want the dog to have a normal looking tail with hair. I don't think that's a lot to ask, but it has been a little more of a challenge with him than maybe even some other people that deal with it. Well, I will, I will say that, um, when he works, uh, the more often that he's out working, really burning off a lot of energy, the less he is getting the spinning and the craziness yeah. in the crate. Yeah, completely. So. And it's been warm again, so windows were open again, and it just, it comes and goes. I mean, literally, like, three weeks ago, I looked at his tail, it was normal, and then it'll creep up on me pretty quick here, because one little nick in the tail... It takes one incident, and yeah. then it and just then, starts... Yeah, but it's not... And the dogs that then have, like, oh, my tail hurts, and they're actually licking it or chewing at it or something else, that's a huge, a way bigger issue, yeah. and that's why most vets recommend a cone for that type of situation, but again, the cone doesn't work on... Our end either. He's a high maintenance dog. It's an exceptional issue. It's not a normal dog problem, I would say. No, no, it's not. Because these products would probably handle, just a cone would fix most of these issues. Yeah, no, this, and like I said, I mean, every vet will be like, you know, have the cream that they recommend, a cone and vet wrap, like that's just your go-to. And for those of you that don't have vet wrap around the house, I would highly recommend that you get some on Amazon. Um, You can get pretty cheap uh, vet wrap. I get just multi-packs now. Of course, when we first started doing this, I was trying to match the duct tape to the wrap and everything else. And now it's like whatever freaking tape we have, whatever wrap, wrap wrap we have, but as long still, as I have the prescription. But it still bothers you, I'm sure. No, I, I'm better about it. I just, 
we've done it so many times now that um, we know that this works. We know that this method works. And I literally do like three points of duct tape at the base of the vet wrap, at the base of the tail, and then at the um, at a point kind of between where his tail meets his back. And then also where the vet wrap or the duct tape is kind of coming up. So I have three points so the tail cannot come off. Because there's nothing worse, too. Well, I mean, there's worse things in life. But it's annoying for us when we go through the whole process. And then as he's walking out of the bathroom, he just, like, wags it, the whole thing off. And we have to reapply everything. And this stuff isn't expensive, this prescription stuff. But I go through it pretty quickly. Like, I will have to get my refills on this for sure. I have four refills before 423. And I will go through all five tubes of this while we're treating it from this point. And I, like I, I think by 2023, it should look normal. Don't you? Oh, yeah, it normally it, doesn't take too long, but we no, have to commit. It can't once, be like we, we do commit, it once it a week. It gets better very quickly. Yeah. But, and it's, it's just the type of thing. Like I have to be in the mode, like, all right, we're doing this. Like this is, I guess it's my bathtub too. Not a big issue. Love Cousteau dearly, but like, I'm not going to always be going to take a bath. I don't want to clean up my tub every time I took a shower in that tub this morning, but it's just a whole process. But once we're there and we commit, it gets better. And hopefully now that he's in his great Dane quick crate moved away from the wall, everything is all set. But just take note guys that if you're a vet, the first thing they say is like, Oh, we have to do partial amputation. Like, Oh, you're not going to fix that on your own. At least try. Like Fenway was able to just live out of a crate. It fixed it. She has a tail that's normal. If you can do the cone and the vet wrap and, you know, you treat it with whatever ointment your vet recommends, that's great. It, it will probably be better. But try to do what you can do if you don't want to just go directly to partial amputation because dogs use their tails. And especially this dog, he's going to be eight tomorrow. It's his birthday tomorrow. And He's been used to having a full length tail all of his life for balance and stopping and jumping and everything else. So for me, I would like to allow him to keep his long tail and treat this and live with him comfortably. And the soft crate really worked beautifully. But once that stopped, we needed to go to new new options. And I will say as a disclaimer, we do have adult dogs that don't live in crates. We have dogs that sleep on the couch and sleep on yeah. the bed all day long. And Cousteau is don't just need not one of those. <laughs> we've tried. Yeah. Uh, we've tried to give him freedom and he just is not comfortable with being on his own he has that anxiety where yeah. he's just like he gets stressed out if he has too much freedom and there isn't a human in there he just all of a sudden like we've had him on camera we'll give him a room get him on camera to watch see how he does and he'll start pacing around a little bit and then it's like what's this he'll chew something he shouldn't chew yeah. he might lift his leg on something yeah. which he has no, he's not, he's housebroken. He's not, it's, it's just, all, it's, it's just nervousness. all stemming from anxiety. Yeah, he's just stressed out. Oh, and, I'm just going to pee. And everybody can judge us for that and well, think whatever the, they want about us. He but is. he's a full on working dog. He's a very nice, he was a very nice French ring dog, very competitive. And he's, he's built for hardcore stuff. So that's who he is. That's what we live with. That's who we deal with. We love him dearly. We're committing to this, but we wanted to give you guys some tips. If you've heard of this or you know someone else struggling with this, or you may have a dog that has this issue in the future, there is hope. There is hope. And for most dogs, the cone is a great option. For most dogs, the soft crate is a great option. For some dogs, living loose is a great option. There's a lot of options before you go to let's anesthetize the dog and take some of their tail. And if you have to do that, that's not any fault. Like we're not throwing shade on that, but just know that there are other steps you can take before you head there. And he'd be good out. Like he spends a fair amount of time outdoors which is a good option, you know, just so he has time where he's not in that crate and he's not interacting with us. He can just be out in the yard and that's good. 
But when we're in and out of that house all the time, we're not going to leave him just loose in the yard. We don't, yeah, we don't leave any getting, dogs in yeah. the yard and not be home. That's and it's for sure. getting colder. That's not just, yeah. it's not a viable long-term option. Maybe if Scott was in California, it would be different. But that is our life with Cousteau. That is our journey with Happy Tail. And it is not our first freaking rodeo. So we'll give you guys an update on how that's going. Like I said, I think towards the end of 2022, we should have this wrapped up oh, and he'll look all sparkly we, again. The other thing I wanted to mention with him in particular is that when I was in California, you mentioned California, I had dog runs. So I'd leave my dogs outside and they had shade cloth over the dog runs. They actually had a roof and shade cloth and I had the misters, misters in there and all that. So they could live out, be out in that, in those runs all day long. Uh, and the dogs did fine for the most part. This dog, if you put him in a run, he, runs. he will spin. He He'll runs. start running. He lost yeah. 10 pounds in yeah. 10 days when we left him at a kennel, kennel that had a run. Yeah. So we could go on vacation. He looked like... He was like on death's doorstep. Yeah, he was. So that wasn't good either. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and he's older now, you know, so when we buy in Maine, if he has an outdoor kennel, you know, for the warmer weather and we watch him, maybe he'll be able to chill out more, but he's just, he has a little bit of an edge to him. So these are. Buy him a cow so he can have a friend. (laughs) These are all the nuances we've dealt with. He does like other animals. Yeah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us next week. We are going to, oh no, next week. I don't know what we're doing next week. We're coming on live, but we got a lot of fun guests um, for the rest of 2022. And in the meantime, keep Keep it it quirky. Take care, guys. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.